Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a quick look at the trailer for Thor The Dark World. After all this time, now you come to visit me, brother. Why? To mock. I need your help. But I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing. They're wrong. There was darkness, and it has survived. What's gonna happen? I gave you my word. I would return for you. You face an enemy, known only to a few. Known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. And I'll kill you. That was from New York. I like her. Thor, your bravery will not ease your pain. Your family, your world will be extinguished. We're running out of time. The very fabric of reality will be torn apart. Find a way to save us all. All yours. Anyone else? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from TV Line, Mike Osiello, and tonight's guest, Zachary Levi. I've always wanted to take over an Apple store. Give me all your goods. How's everybody doing? All right. Who's actually seen the movie already? Fantastic. So that might have been a waste of time for you. Excellent. I appreciate all the nerd gear I see. Thank you very much for buying that. If you haven't bought any, go to thenerdmachine.com immediately. Buy a shirt. Uh, oh, hi, Mike. Hi. Hey, does everybody know Michael Osiello, by the way? He's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to take over now. Take over. Um, first, I want to ask you, what was it like waking up this morning and seeing those box office numbers? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, we're dominating the world. Uh, or, or, well, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston are dominating the world. <laughs> I'm helping with a little blonde goatee. Um, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, I mean, it's no surprise to me. You know, Mar uh, Marvel's been making, like, the most giant Avengers, I think, is still the number one box office movie in the world or something like that. And probably will be until the next one comes out. <laughs> uh, and, and this is the second marvel flick to come out since then right i think it's iron man 3 and then now this thor 2 and captain america's on its way it'll probably shatter a bunch of records and then so on and so forth it's the way of the world 
Uh, but yeah, it's like I think we did like 85 million domestically, and then the, the international cumulative is like I don't know 350. It, th- these, these numbers don't matter really. They do, it's just so much freaking money that none of us will ever see. So don't worry about it. It's I won't see it. You won't see it. It's nice to think about though. <laughs> um, and you have a unique history with this project. You were originally cast as Fandral, and then you couldn't do it because of Chuck, correct? Yeah. So uh, yes, yes. <laughs> little show called Chuck, you've heard of it? <laughs> Yay, that he wasn't cast the first time. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was a very kind of uh, circuitous, uh, kismet kind of a thing. It was, I auditioned uh, to play Fandral in the first one that Kenneth Branagh directed, and I was cast, and I was like beyond the moon, like over the moon, like I can't believe this is actually happening. And then uh, kind of an embarrassment of riches, or you know, champagne problems as they call them, uh, Chuck was renewed for extra episodes that year, and there was just no way to slice it. I couldn't do both. And my contract with Chuck took precedent. So I went back to work there and made some more excellent episodes that I hope some of you Chuck fans out there appreciated. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, and then Chuck came to an end. And then the next thing I know, you know, a couple years later, and, and my agent says, hey, uh, how would you like to take over the role of Fandral again? I said, quoi? Because that's all I know in French. That and no, which is uh, helpful that it's also no. Uh, and uh, and uh, she said, yeah, uh, Josh Dallas, is, who got, ended up playing the role in the first one and did a fantastic job, uh, he, he's on Once Upon a Time, if you guys don't know that, and his uh, schedule was conflicting with, with the, the sequel. And so I was like, this is so strange that my schedule conflicted and I couldn't play it, and now his schedule is conflicting and he can't play it. And Marvel, thank God, they were like, hey, we really enjoyed your almost performance the first time <laughs> would you like to you know kind of take over the reins as it were i said yeah let's go make a movie in london and and work with you know all these incredible people and like sir anthony hopkins <laughs> which is so crazy by the way let me tell you he's like call me tony that's what he says he said call me tony <laughs> all right tony anthony hopkins i don't know how do i how does that work sir tony anthony it's too long uh so yeah it was, it was crazy but i'm glad it all happened that way and what was the experience like making the movie in London? How long were you there? I was um, there. I was there. Well, the, the filming was kind of over like a five month period. Um, I well, filming was well, about four months. I was there for about a month of rehearsal before that, horseback riding training and fight training. A lot of the horseback riding did not make it into the movie, which is really unfortunate because <laughs> I rode a lot of horse uh, to be in that movie. But it was a great training anyway. I knew how to ride Western, but I never knew how to ride like, um, like uh, English-Spanish style, which is the way as Guardians ride, apparently. We ride uh, British style on horses, and we all talk with English accents. That's what happens in Asgard. And, um, and so I did that for like a month, and that was also, that coincided with the Olympics, which was really amazing. So I got to go to a lot of Olympic stuff because NBC is, you know, the, the, the America's coverage for the Olympics, and my alum, and, uh, and they were very kind and gave me tickets to various things. And, uh, and then, and yeah, then we filmed for like three months. I got a break. I came home for a month, and then I went back for another month. And, um, and, that, was, and that, that was my experience. Uh, but getting to work with Chris and Tom and Natalie and Anthony and, and Jamie and Ray and Tad and, you know, the whole gang. It was weird, though. Like, I never... I don't even know if I met Chris Eccleston even at the premiere. Like, I never once, you know, he's like the main guy, and I never once once met him. But he did such a good job in the movie. If you guys have not seen the movie, everybody's fantastic. But Chris, I was just like, whoa, dude, that guy is evil. He is so good as an evil guy. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Tim Curry in... Uh, 
legend. I, for whatever reason, he's kind of got that. You know what I'm talking about? Never mind. I'll move on. You got it. You get it. You totally get it, right? Well, like he's you, evil, but you love him. Yeah. Will you be in a third one? I, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm assuming they're going to make a third one because that's kind of what they've been doing. Um, and this one seems to be doing well in the box office. So I, I again, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to make a third one. And I, yeah, I would, I would imagine. I hope, I hope that they would bring us back. I think it'd be really fun to do like a Warriors Three movie. I think that would be a really fun kind of spin-off thing because I think the character. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, I only because I think that uh, Four has so many great characters in it, and like Tad and Ray. Uh, are so good. They're so talented, as is Jamie, if they brought in Lady Sif as well. And, you know, Tad, a lot of people in the United States don't know uh, Tad Anebo Asano. He's like, apparently he's like Brad Pitt in Japan. Like, he's a giant, giant star. And, you know, at the premiere in L.A., everyone's like, oh, yeah, Tad, yeah, the guy who plays... But, if like, in Japan, I don't know if anybody saw any footage from, like, the Tokyo premiere, but he's like, they're like, oh, my God, it's, it's Brad Pitt, basically. It's like, he's so big, so... I think it'd be amazing to work with those guys more and to do a third one. And if they ever found it in their crazy schemes to have us in the Avenger movies, I think that'd be pretty awesome too. I'll just swing through frame. Ha ha! And that's it. That's all. That's all. Just, just one frame. That's all I want. For Asgard. That's right. I was the only one who got to say that in the movie. That was like my tag. I was like, yeah, all right. Let's do it. What's going to hit theaters first? Thor 3 or the Chuck movie? Mm. No. Um... Uh, Thor three. <laughs> well, well, but for two reasons. One, it's gonna take. If I can ever get a Chuck movie off the ground, it's gonna take a minute. Um, and I would like to do that. I, I, and it would, it would definitely be involve you, you guys. It would involve the fans. Yeah, there you go, buddy. There you go. It would involve. You just gotta it would be, roll. It would be, but I also don't think it would be a movie that you'd see in theaters necessarily. I, I don't. I love movie theaters. But I also love that we're kind of in a new day and age where basically every little monitor in this place can play your favorite movies. I mean, that's, you know, we have like incredible tablets and phones and computers and we, you know, technology is so incredible that I don't know that you need to spend the money that it takes to go and promote a movie, to put it in like major movie theaters when you can cut your budget and put it on the screen and make it a better movie and just sell it directly to your fans. Like to me, that's a, that's a pretty awesome way to make a movie if I can do that. If I can't do that, then that's a horrible idea and it never worked. What do you have against movie theaters? I have nothing against... Well, hang on a second. I have nothing against movie theaters. I love movie theaters. I do. I, I, by the way, especially for movies like, like this. I mean, to get that immersive feeling, especially with 3D, like home 3D is not quite there yet. Um, I mean, you know, it's, these are major, major epic movies. But like to go see an indie movie, I don't know that I necessarily need to sit in a 200-person 200, 200 theater where, by the way, especially when you go to smaller theaters, even with a big indie movie, they're never really packed. You're sitting there with like 20 other people and you're all kind of having a conversation and they're all hipsters in Brooklyn. I mean, that's kind of how, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, I will, I'll do it again. Uh, and, uh, but, but, that, but, you know, still great. So I do, I do love movie theaters. Please don't uh, not hire me for movies and for movie theaters anymore. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a quick shout out for your current day job. Um, has anyone seen Zach on Broadway in First Date? Oh, wow. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. What's that? I'll see you Wednesday. Oh, I'm he's there after out, every show. Bring, he's out bring sick your plane bill. It'll be cold, by he's the way. I'm just telling Wednesday. you right now. It's very cold. Wear a scarf and some earmuffs. Um, how has that experience been? That's your first time doing eight days, eight yeah. shows a week. Yeah, first, first Broadway show, Dream Come True. I've always wanted to do Broadway. I grew up. You know, since I was a little kid, doing theater and loving theater and loving, uh, 
just live connection, live, like a symbiotic relationship with an audience is so much fun. You get you you know if if you suck, <laughs> you know if they're enjoying it or not, and how to improve as an entertainer. Um, and you also really feel that that connection and that life and that love and. Uh, it's 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 like nothing else, you know. And our show, uh, if you haven't seen it, first date, it's an hour and a half, no intermission, romantic comedy musical. It is like um, it's like a sitcom with music. That's basically what it is. And I play a character pretty similar to Chuck uh, in some ways, in some ways. And um, you know, but but because we have so many laughs in the show, I, and I love making people laugh. Uh, and the, the 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 theater holds about a thousand people or so. I mean, making a thousand people laugh is the greatest drug in the world. It's, there's nothing like it. And, and then to go out and spend time with people at the stage door afterwards and, you know, and hear if they appreciated the show. And, 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 you know, and, and a lot of people uh, come to the show because they watch Chuck or Tangled or a, a, a number of things that I've been a part of. And, and you get to feel that love. Because when you go do movies and television, you're not connected to your fan base necessarily. You're not sitting in a movie theater hearing people's reactions to stuff. You're, not sitting, you're certainly not sitting in their home as they're watching a television show you're doing. Or am I? <laughs> Craziest item you were asked to autograph at the stage door at your show? I don't, I don't Have there I, been I, any? No, nobody hands me babies and says, sign my baby. I'm waiting for that. So if anybody has a newborn... Uh, Wednesday. I don't know if I've ever. <laughs> I've never signed anyone's breasts. I don't know. I've never done any of that stuff. I, people, it's typically like, hey, it was a, a poster or a DVD. What's that? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> oh, Wednesday again. Was that one of the juggle? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. I think p people like me sign their phones, I, I, which I, I don't know if that's crazy, but I do kind of find it odd. I don't know if I want anybody to sign my phone. It's disturbing more than crazy. Yeah, sure, okay. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's yeah. open it to some questions. Anybody have questions for Zach? I'm a big fan of Tangled. Oh, thank you very much. For uh, Thor and Tangled, what was it like being a part of Marvel and working with Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman? How did you develop the voice for Flynn Rider, and did you ever meet John Laster and Stan Lee? Excellent questions. <laughs> um, so uh, it was amazing getting to work on Thor and working with all that talent, like I said before. I mean, Chris and Tom, I consider them to be, you know, buddies of sorts. Like, uh, we, we joked around a lot on set. Um, I, probably, I probably worked, well, no, and Ray and Tad as well. But, um, and I kind of knew Tom in passing a little bit before. And, and Natalie as well. Yeah, Actually, you know, I never, I never really got to work with Natalie because the only scene that I had with Natalie, she was knocked out in the skiff. Spoiler alert. And um, so <laughs> we didn't really get to work together. Uh, but I, we, we, you know, exchanged hellos and whatnot on set, and she was incredibly lovely and gorgeous, and I'm very jealous of her husband. Um, so there's that. And then uh, the second one was Tangled, I believe. Uh, and how did I prepare for the role, for, to do voice and develop the, role, the voice for, for Flynn Rider and Tangled? Um, well, originally the voice was, uh, I, I auditioned with a British accent. I actually auditioned very much with an, uh, a Fandral the Dashing voice, and it was kind of part of the creative process and whatnot, and we kind of realized that they, they wanted it to be more of an American accent. And uh, so then it ended up just being me, uh, which was very convenient. And uh, so, so that was that. And yes, and I've gotten to meet both John Lasseter and Stan Lee, uh, who are two just mad geniuses, in my opinion. Obviously, Stan created and gave us so many incredible characters and relationships that have lasted decades and decades and decades and decades and uh, to be a part of that world that he created is just an incredible honor and John Lasseter I mean I could I could go f I could go on for days about how 
how much respect I have for John Lasseter. Has anybody here seen the Pixar story? It's a, it's a documentary about, yeah, you've seen it? It is fascinating. John Lasseter basically, there was maybe no bigger Disney nut than John Lasseter. The guy ate, slept, breathed Disney, worked, he finally got his dream come true. He was working for Disney as an animator, then he was directing, he was directing The Brave Little Toaster and had the, the crazy notion of, why don't we start using computer graphics in animation? And they said, oh, that's great, John, you're fired. And uh, essentially, essentially, and, uh, and he was. And this guy who loved nothing but Disney, he worked at Disneyland. I mean, he, like, he, he worked there, he animated for them, and then he was done. His dream could have been dashed forever. And then he started working for Pixar and created such incredible art that Disney was like, oh, yeah, 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 we, uh, we'd, like, we'd like what you're doing. And now he runs Disney. And to me, I think that is just one of the most incredible stories of anyone ever, you know? And, I, and there's a reason why he gets to run Disney now, and it's because he's great. He is so incredibly talented. He's so intelligent. He has made hit after hit after hit after hit. And it's not because he's sold out in any way. It's because he realized that storytelling, like Walt Disney knew early on, it's not about telling a kid's story and it's not about telling an adult story. It's about telling a story that speaks to perhaps the child in all of us. And therefore, as an adult, you can watch Tangle and go, that's a really great movie. And there might be things that are over kids' heads that adults get, but kids are never without understanding what the story is. And it's such a great story, as is Toy Story and Finding Nemo and... They're, I know, they're, they're all fantastic. So that's the very long-winded answer to, yes, I've met John Lasseter <laughs> and Stan Lee. Who's next? Yes, right over here. Yeah. These are the girls These coming are Wednesday. Wednesday. Girls. Hi. Wednesday. Wednesday. How did you get um, involved with Operation Smile, and what's it been like raising funds for them? Um, Operation Smile, if, for those of you who don't know, I'm an ambassador for Operation Smile. They're an incredible organization who um, help uh, people in developing countries, specifically mostly children, um, with free surgeries to help uh, fix cleft lips and palates and other facial deformities and whatnot, uh, and oral deformities, but mainly cleft lips and palates. And um, I've, been, yeah, I've been working with them for about six years now, and I just uh, am so blessed to be connected to that organization. I, I, I know them very well. I've... They're, them as an organization, are, they're very straightforward, good, good people, and I just, they're fantastic. So if you, ha if you have any more information about them, go to operationsmile.org. You'll, you'll get all the info you'd like. But um, essentially, you know, as a celebrity or pseudo-celebrity or quasi-celebrity or whatever, um, you get invited to go do charity things all the time, a charity basketball game, a charity poker game, charity bowling. Um, I've sang at some charity things, and occasionally they say, and we'll donate money to the charity of your choice, and I never had one. Uh, I would just kind of throw them to different ones, but I really wanted one. All my friends all like had a, a movement or a thing that they really, really cared about, and I was like, I, I just care too much about everything, I guess. I don't know. It was, it's just very hard. You know, when so many people are hurting in the world, how do you decide to choose one thing because you feel like you're neglecting everyone else, uh, or at least I did. And then uh, I was coming up on, I was singing at this thing, and I was going to make some money for charity, and I really, really, really wanted a charity of my choice. And I thought about it a lot and I prayed about it a lot. And then like in one week I saw five billboards and five commercials. I was just inundated with it. And I really felt like it was kind of God saying, hey, check this out, look at this thing over here. And then as I did and I thought about it more, I was like, wow, a smile, just a smile, just a simple thing of a smile is so powerful. And that we all get to do that is incredibly powerful. And as a child, if you are embarrassed to smile, 
you, you might go out of your way not to enjoy life because that's the natural reaction to enjoying life. And a lot of these kids in these developing countries are considered pariahs. They're considered unclean. They're considered uh, tainted, cursed. And they're not let out of their homes. Uh, they don't go wandering into the world and hanging out with other kids. And uh, it just broke me. It broke my heart. I was like, man, I not only have I lived a pretty healthy, normal life where I got to be a kid and enjoy it and had a great dentist and orthodontist and, uh, you know, and, um, and by the way, also a lot of, you know, a lot of us, almost all of us in the United States, you don't see, uh, you might see a scar like Stacy Keach. You'll see his scar, uh, from when he was fixed and he had a surgery when he was a kid, but in the United States, that's pretty much taken care of. If you're born with a cleft lip or palate, it's taken care of. In other countries, you see, you know, there's there's holes in, in children's faces, and they let they they'll, they'll live with that their whole lives. And I thought, you know, that's just I, I if if nothing else, I want to be able to give a child the ability to just be a child, and love and and be loved and enjoy their life. And um, and by the way, one in ten of these kids they die. That, that, that's that's the, the 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 worst maybe the worst part about it is that one in ten will die from complications of. Uh, uh, infection, uh, die of complications of mal uh, malnutrition because their mothers can't suckle them properly. I mean, it's some gnarly stuff. So anyway, that's that's why I got involved with Operation Smile. And, and so anytime I do anything involving any kind of charity, I just say, hey, give to them, give to them, give to them, you know. And, and if you uh, get involved with them, or I encourage anyone at any time, if you're not involved with any kind of nonprofit, please find one, please do it. We have such limited time on this earth to, do, to make an impact. We could die tomorrow. But if you can go and raise any bit of money for anybody while you're still on this planet, you're doing a good thing. So go do that, please. And, and yeah. Zach, your Nerd HQ, often whenever they have an event, mm. Operation Smile is the beneficiary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ner you know, Nerd HQ is my baby, so of yeah. course I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and that was kind of a fun thing to stumble on because we were just trying to make it the coolest event we could, and just, you know, and bringing celebrities. And if it, does uh, everyone if, know what Nerd HQ is? If you guys don't know what Nerd HQ is, is a thank you. It's uh, you can go actually you go online if you go to YouTube, you can see one of the th one of the main things we do uh, at the Nerd Machine uh, channel. You can see we do these things called conversations for a cause, which are basically they're they're, they're panels. It's about it's actually just about this size. It's like 250 people. And I get celebrities to come and just donate an hour of time with a fan Q&A. It's no moderator, no offense. And, uh, <laughs> and it's fans just asking questions for an hour. Um, uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, was at the last HQ and literally impersonated Chris Evans, myself, and a Velociraptor. I mean, that's how much fun, that's how much fun we have at Nerd HQ. Um, and, and every panel, we sell the seats for 20 bucks a pop, which is, I think, a very affordable price. And everybody can, you know, it's one, one bill, you know. And, uh, and so a sold-out panel raises five grand, and we did about, I don't know, 20 panels. I mean, we raised $215,000 last year between the panels and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, between the panels, and we also do like photo. I do like photo ops. I did it at New York Comic Con. Literally, just set up a photo booth and like take pictures with people, and you know, or sign sign things for charity for twenty bucks a pop. I mean, I just you know that stuff's easy. Like just make people happy and we'll simultaneously raise money for, to like change people's lives. Like that's a win win for me. So if you guys ever get a chance, come to Nerd HQ. It's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Yes, over there. Hey, first of all, thank you so much for doing this for us. Oh my gosh, yeah. Thank, thank you. you guys for showing up. I was, I was a little terrified. I was like, is anybody actually going to come to this thing? <laughs> It'll be me and Michael sitting on this. Anyway, yes, thank you, yeah. Um, I'm a huge Zachary Levi fan. I think we share personal interests. Yeah. So I guess the projects you choose tend to resonate with me, even like Shades of Ray, the, um, the thriller you did with Joel David Moore, those type things. Oh, Spiral, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks. Uh, Chuck, all that stuff. Um, which I, brings me to my question. I've seen First Date a few times, loved it. Um, I'm wondering now that since it's been announced, it's been canceled in January. Do you have anything? Uh, what's 
what are your plans after that? What projects are you looking to go towards? Maybe going back west to LA, staying here? What's your plans? Well, we're closing in January. Uh, we're T not being TV canceled shows, in January. TV shows <laughs> are my, my fault. I didn't mean to <laughs> no, say I'm that. Kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a much more civil way of putting it, but you're not wrong. Um, yes, we are closing January 5th, so if anybody out there has not seen the show yet, please come. Uh, there's no time like the present. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 re I really wish I did know. It kind of weighs on me. Like, I, you know, as an actor, you, you kind of live this life of a gypsy of sorts, you know, sometimes, and uh, you don't know what the next step is going to be. I guess that's part of the thrill of it, too. Uh, I would, I would, there's so many things I want to do in my life. I want to do more films. I want to do more television. I want to do more theater. Um, I may stay in New York. I may do some more theater. I may go pop back to L.A. Um, I may go travel. I don't know. There's a lot of the world that I'd like to see. And again, I don't know when I'm going to die, so no time like the present. I mean, I just, you know, carpe diem, I guess. Or, yeah. But, um... Um, I'd like, I really, I just, I don't know. I want to do stuff that people like. That's m first and foremost. I just, I don't want to waste my time making something that people are like, eh. Like I want to do something that like, that, that, that both fans really enjoy, that audiences really enjoy, but also that my, my peers, you know, I, I watched Breaking Bad and I was so blown. Anybody Breaking Bad people? Never heard of it. Never. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. And it. And it's so good on so many levels. Um, I, I binge watched it. I, I'm, if I if I if I calculated correctly, based on Anthony Hopkins' letter to Brian Cranston, I think he and I were binge watching at the exact same time. <laughs> me and Anth me and Tony. Um, but uh, it, it is it is so good. And I was watching it, going, I d I really. I would love to do something that that was so good that uh, that a that a, a Tony Hopkins would write me a letter. You know. Like, and, and by the way, I've felt so much love from the stuff that I have done in Tangled and Chuck and everything. Like, I don't, I don't poo-poo that, if I could be so bold as to use a term like poo-poo. Um, I don't poo-poo that. I, I appreciate that greatly. But I really would love to do stuff also that, that my peers or people that in the industry go, wow, I mean, that kid can act, you know? So whatever that is, I don't know. So why, why are you being so cagey about what you're doing next? What are you, what are you, you trying to get me in trouble? I'm not doing, he's kidding. I mean, who's over here? Who's got, who's got the next one? Yes. Hi, Batman. Uh, hi, Zach. Okay. First, I have to say you did an amazing job indoors. So I have to give you a round of applause. Thank for you that. very much. I appreciate that. Um, I know you probably meet a lot of fangirls all over the world and probably here in New York, but there's actually one right over here. And I have, if it is not too much sex, can she get, actually get a hug from you? Can she get a hug from me? Yes. Come on right up here. Come here right now. Come on, quick. Come here. Come right up these stairs. Give me a hug. My pleasure. See? See, she deserves a hug. She buys my merch. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Hi. Hi. So you referenced Legend before. So let's say hypothetically someone wants to do a remake, which happens from, from time to time. In a Hollywood. remake of Legend? A remake of anything from the 80s, like that, the Monster Squad, Ooh, maybe something oh fun like gosh. that. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Kick him in the nards. Wolfman's not got nards. Kick him anyway. Very German guy. Um, oh, the German guy. Monster Squad fans out there? Nobody? Um, all right, all right. We'll see. Uh, I, you know, this is my thing about remakes. There are way too many of them, first of all. 
I I'm not I'm not against the idea of a remake. I just think that people need to be smarter about it and I, and more creative about it. And I think that we've we've gone through such a huge like slew of remakes because people are kind of sitting around going. I don't have any more ideas. Let's go back to the vault and start screwing with stuff that you shouldn't screw with because it was really good the first time. Um, there are certain criteria I have for remakes because I do think that it. I do think that there are occasions where it, it can arise and it's okay. Um, I think that it needs to be something that's obscure enough that it's worth doing to get people to see it even for the first time. To that extent. I would, I would make an argument for The Last Starfighter. I think The Last Starfighter would be a really fun movie to remake. It's a movie that I love, and I know that a lot of people in that, the kind of cult following for Last Starfighter really love, but a lot of people just don't know it. And so I go, well, maybe, it's, maybe that's due a, a, a reboot, you know? Unless you're a nerd uh, or a child of the 80s. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. The Last Starfighter is so good. <laughs> the Death Blossom? Come on, please. Um, uh, so, and, I, and I think that that would be a fun role to play as well, you know, being my cyborg self. Um, uh, Ice Pirates, I, I don't, that's even more obscure. I don't know if anybody knows Ice Pirates, but it is crazy obscure, way campy 80s movie that I think would be super fun to remake. Um, and then, but then there's also movies like, and, and I know this is kind of blasphemy, so hear me out for a second, but It's a Wonderful Life. And the reason, and the reason why... And the re oh. You would kill that. No, no, no. And, here's, and the reason why, not because it needs any help as a movie, I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, but I think that because it's a black and white film, younger audiences just are not finding it, and they won't find it. And I think that's really tragic because I think it's literally just a, just an incredible story that needs to be told and that people need to hear and see and feel about. And it's essentially, you know, all of us think of these, in these moments in our lives sometimes when we're dealing with such depression or, or hardship or whatever, you think, well, the world would be better off if I wasn't here. And it's not true. That's a lie. Don't ever think that. Don't ever let that creep into your heart or your mind. It's not true. And this movie really tackles that in an incredible way. And Jimmy Stewart is just like, you know, he's a god to me. Like, I just think he's incredible. So I think that would be a fun kind of movie to remake as well. But it, th that's the criteria. Bringing something up to date so that younger audiences can find it or just giving something a platform because nobody really saw it enough the first time around. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you just made me really happy by saying you're a Jimmy Stewart fan. Yeah! Um, you should do It's Wonderful Life uh, on Broadway. Okay. Oh. Because they have a play. No, 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 be pretty fun now. Don't do that. You're going to... Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want plastics, and I don't want ground floors, and I'm never going to get married ever. <laughs> Horrible. You, you have no idea how happy that just made me. Okay. Um, so my question is, is you've done a lot of work. You know, you just did battle scene like with Thor and green screen. Um, so for you, what is the most challenging or what is the most fun type of scene to do? <laughs> you mean in, in film or just acting just in general? Acting in general. I, I, it's, I, um, it's, it's kind of an impossible answer because it's all just so incredibly different. Um, performing live for a Broadway audience eight shows a week is super intense and daunting and difficult in its own ways, but also incredibly fulfilling and rewarding in, in its own ways. Um, as is doing a bunch of crazy stunts and green screen and fights and choreography and horseback riding. Uh, you know, that, that's all incredible too. Uh, and also very challenging. And television kind of sits right in the middle of all that stuff. Um, so I don't know that I have a favorite. I think that I think there's a reason why you see, you know, Julia Roberts and Anthony Hopkins and Daniel Craig and all these giant names that are constantly like doing big, big movies and then going and doing Broadways because it feeds different parts of your soul and your talent and and, your, and keeps you on edge, you know, keep, keeps your instrument sharp. And so, um, so I, I enjoy it and it challenges me all of it. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, in the back there. Yes. Isaac. Hey, good to see you again. Nice to see you too. How many times have you come and seen the show now? Four times. Four times. He's coming to first date four times. Wow. Good man. So something that I adore about you as a fan since the Kip Stepman days is your entrepreneurial spirit, both artistically and business-wise. On every night um, on first date, they always update the jokes. It's always fresh. They come with even higher energy than the previous nights that I've seen. But also from a business standpoint, in your latest the Google Hangout, you mentioned that one of your ideas was to create the studio that would be promoting independent projects. Yeah. I was wondering at what stage, to the extent that you can tell, of course, because I'm assuming some of the information is proprietary, <laughs> yeah. what stage are you? What kind of partnerships and what industries would you look forward to bring that idea? Because it would be really great. And the second part to it, since we're talking corporate business, one of the ideas that you support is um, conscientious capitalism. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you think uh, that ties into the world where more and more business school articles are coming out and corporations saving the world? And how your upcoming project will hopefully will tie to that. Thank you. Yes. Wow, that's got deep. <laughs> that was bad. No, I'm kidding. Um, excellent question. Um, uh, I, I can't really go into the, the first one, um, but I'm, I'm working with certain tech companies in... I believe that, I believe that studios are... They're, they're, they're kind of too full. I did this Google Hangout, and I talked about how I, I basically... And it's kind of a dream. I've always wanted to be a studio head. I've always wanted to kind of have my own studio. Um, still be acting and directing and producing, but having a bigger kind of picture. I mean, one of the things... I'm so jealous of, like, Kevin Feige, because he gets to really... And he's so smartly done this. He's, he's done what the comics always did. He's brought all the worlds together. And I don't know why people don't do that more. If I could run... If I, if I ran NBC, for example... Uh, I would have had all the shows on different nights all intertwined with one another. I would have had, you know, I would have, I would have, well, I mean, I would have tried anyway, but like, I would have tried to get shows together that all could have lived in each other's universe and like had little crossovers and stuff so that like as, as a fan of Heroes, if you didn't necessarily watch Chuck, but all of a sudden Chuck or Sarah or somebody popped up in Heroes, you go, oh, wow, that's a kind of a, oh, they're from this show. And then you could try them back there and you would have a, a simultaneously, you'd have a crossover from Heroes into Chuck or one of the other various shows that we got paired with over the years, you know? Uh, I, I, just, I just think that that's, a, that's an extra level of thought that you can put into something that really pays dividends, and I'm so grateful that Marvel does that. Um, but at any rate, so, but the nice thing about studios now is that you can kind of have your own studio if it's an online, everybody can have a studio. I mean, you know, what online has allowed us to do, everyone can produce, distribute, and market their own content. Anybody can. Now, to what level of success you can reach with that, that's, <laughs> that's completely another question, but you can still do it if you so choose. And not even 10 years ago, you couldn't really do that. Before social networking, you couldn't market it really. You could, you could uh, produce and distribute it online. And then before you really had online, you could maybe produce it, but it wasn't going to be that good, and you couldn't distribute it because there wasn't an online way to do that. So we finally have that like trifecta of an, of an independent studio online, and I want to take that, and I want to run with it, and I want to go make my own stuff with my friends in really, really cool ways at great levels, and then have, an, have a... a um, a philanthropic component to it, going to your capital, uh, uh, conscientious capitalism. Uh, I just, I don't see a reason why we can't, like every company can't just have some kind of a proceed, some kind of a portion, some kind of a thing where you just incentivize people more. And I think you incentivize the people working for your company, and you incentivize the people that that uh, patronize your company. And you go, well, you know, we're we're doing something good. And I just, it's a very simple, it's a little thing. And uh, but what I think what it really takes is just people loosening their stranglehold on. Dividends just a little bit, just a little bit. It's go and make billions of dollars. Go change the world. Go own yachts and mansions. Do whatever the heck you.
you want to do. I love capitalism. I think it's a good thing when it's done correctly. If it's not done correctly, it can, it can kill people, as, as many other idioms and all those things can as well. But yeah, so you know, help people while you're making money. It's a good idea, I think. Yes, over there. Hello. Hi. Um, so, hi. Hi, good to see um, you guys. So, we were talking about remakes earlier. Yeah. And you've already originated a role on Broadway. So, is there like a dream role or one you'd love to tackle now? Annie. Solid choice. Uh, <laughs> I joked about that the other day on Twitter. Um, I, d I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the on honestly, I don't, and this is really, it's kind of sacrilege. I don't know that much Broadway. I grew up doing the theater that I did, and th that was the theater that I knew. I loved playing Huck in Big River. If I wasn't 6'4", I'd probably go for that again. I, I think that's a great role. I played Jesus in Godspell. That was a great role. But they already, they just did that. So, uh, I don't know. Um, Chris and I have joked about that Bye Bye Birdie would be fun. Because um, that's another show that I did and I, and I know. Um, but they just redid that. So I gotta find a show that I know that they haven't just redone. <laughs> that would help. Um, no, but, but I also, I don't know, there's a lot of original stuff. I, I, I wanna do another original show, if it's possible. I, bless you. You're welcome. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, is, is, but I definitely wanna do more theater. I don't know what that's gonna be, but I hope you guys come to it if I do it. I, I hope that happens. Thank you. Don't clap now, it could suck, you don't know. It could be horrible. Birthday girl, let's get a, a mic down to birthday girl here. She's gonna want something. If that is your real She's name. She's gonna want a hug or something. <laughs> it is, it is my birthday. <laughs> um, so my question for you is quite serious. Mm. If you could vacation in any fictional world, including Asgard, Ooh. Star Wars Galaxy, etc., uh. what would you pick and why? Uh. <laughs> um, <sighs> fictional world, I don't know that I need a fictional world. Let's go to Hawaii, babe. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I'd, I'd probably somewhere tropical. Because, you know, I'm just, I just think clothes are a pain in the ass, really. I just think if I could live somewhere where I could wear board shorts and that's it for the rest of my life, that's pretty much what I would do. So Fiji, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, I don't know. Somewhere... Somewhere where it's nice and people are chill. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hi. Yoshi. I'm Japanese. Hi. Hi. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Can, can you attest, is Tadanebo Asano a really big star in Japan? Yeah. Okay, I there you go. So. See? Yeah, yeah. By the, Not lying. By the way, to me, you're Brad Pitt. What's that? Oh, you, to me, you're I'm Brad Pitt, Pitt to you? Yeah. Yes. Take that, Tad. <laughs> no, no. Thank you very okay, much. I want to say something. Yeah. First, I remember you did a TV show called Almost Perfect. Oh, right? less, less than yeah. perfect. Yeah. Le no, less than perfect. Yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of people call it almost perfect. Sorry. That's why we didn't yeah, yeah. last. Then yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, you are too good looking for the supporting role, you know. I well, thank saw. you very much. Yeah. But then my question, you did check. I love check. Thank you. Know? you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sad. It's over. Well, you know, yeah. five, five years was a good run. It yeah, was a good yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, it was right, longer right. than a lot of other shows. My friend told me, actually, third season was, you know, ended, but somebody paid the money, so you made two more seasons. Well, kind of. <laughs> okay, okay. <But laughs> kind anyway. of. But they, they ended up okay. keeping my, us my around. Question, yeah. My question, question you you kind of like a nerdy guy. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, but you also did uh, action scene too. So which one are you? Like uh, you're a nerdy guy or action guy? Then also, sorry, sorry. Then you did blonde hair, right, in this movie. Did you like it? Oh, did I like yeah, long yeah, hair? Yeah, you, you did the blonde <laughs> hair. Yeah, I want to say that. Thank you. You're very entertaining. I didn't see um, it. So. <laughs> 
I, uh, I'm a little bit of both. Sorry, a, how do you see this? Oh, sorry. no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. So I'm a little... I, I, my, at the Nerd Machine, at, at, my, at my website, the Nerd Machine, uh, there's, the, the, I have various quotes there, and one of them is, I think everyone is a nerd. So I don't, I don't know that anyone, no matter how macho you are, you're still a nerd, because I believe being a nerd just means you're passionate about something. And I'm trying to redefine that for people, because I think that there's way too much vitriol and negativity around words like nerd and, and geek and whatever. And by the way, that's so passe. Like, nerds have taken over the world, so deal with it, people. Um, so, there, so there's that. Uh, but I do believe everyone's nerdy. You're, you're, if you're passionate about basketball, you're a basketball nerd. If you're passionate about cars, you're a car nerd. I happen to be nerdy about the very uh, stereotypical nerdy things. I like video games and comic books and sci-fi movies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, but I also like kicking ass and taking names. I like swinging swords and shooting guns and playing basketball or whatever you want to apply to a macho kind of stereotype. So a little bit of both in that regard. And then, oh, and then the long hair. That's right. Uh, so um, it was fun. Uh, it was yeah, it was it was fun being blonde. That was really that was very different. For the first like month, I would wake up and look at my you know go to brush my teeth in the morning. I was like, well, who's that? Who's that person? Who's that person staring back at me? And it was me, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, it was, it, you know, it was fun with that. And you know, the, I was actually blonde. So what happened was my hair wasn't long enough. They, it was a wig, but I had to be. Well, I didn't have to be, but it helped that I was blonde underneath the wig to help with like the roots and all that stuff. But also, just so like in my regular day to day life, I didn't look like a crazy person because I had bleached eyebrows and <laughs> facial hair. And and th so if I was like all bleached and then brown hair, I just looked crazy. Although I was living in London, so who knows? Everybody's kind of groovy. Uh, so I, so it was, I was blonde, wearing a blonde wig, and it was, yeah, it was cool and different, and I think, honestly, one of the coolest things is, like, I'll, I'll go through Twitter on my feed, and I'll see people saying, I just watched all of Thor, and I didn't know it was you until the credits, and I go, awesome, that's awesome, because I, honestly, I look at guys like Gary Oldman or Sam Rockwell, and I, and I love being able to see these incredible talents, seriously, and they're so good at just, like, melting away into a character that you don't even necessarily know it's them or need to know that it's them. And then you go, oh my gosh, that's right. That was Sam Rockwell doing that. That was, that was Gary Oldman doing that. I mean, I remember in Hannibal, Gary Oldman, if anybody you guys remember, he was literally was wearing prosthetic that he, he was like that mangled face with like the little, like he had a spray thing that went into his eye because he couldn't blink his eye. And, and that was Gary Oldman. And, I, and, and everything he does, he gets like weird hair or some prosthetic or nose or whatever. And from an acting standpoint, you can really kind of jump into a character that much more, the more different you are, so. Hello. Hi. First date was great, by the way. Thank you very much, I appreciate you coming. Um, so my question is, you talk about, in all of your interviews, your bucket list, and you say that, you know, now you've ticked off Broadway, and you've, the comic book movies, and, you know, doing Disney prints. Yeah. What is next on your bucket list, either personally or professionally? Uh, I also joked about this on Twitter, but President of the United States of America, I think, would be uh, a pretty... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Although, although po politics do... <laughs> this is such a cliche thing for an actor to say. <laughs> I'm going to get into politics. Um, I, I really... I don't know. I, I, just, I, really, I really care about people, and I care about the world, and I, and, um, and I really... I know that there's some people out there fighting uh, on Capitol Hill, but I think there's a lot of just nonsense out there, and I really... And I think I think the thing more than anything, I just I, I crave whether it's me or somebody else. I just I, I crave for people of just integrity, just people who are honest, even if it means that they might lose votes. Just say, hey, this is what I think, and this is what I stand for. 
And at least I'm being honest and I'm not selling you a bill of goods and then spinning it around after you put me into office. And I feel like we've dealt with that for way too long. And I just, I really want people in there. And I, and look, and I, and I guess to, yeah, to an extent, I, I believe that I'm, a, I'm somebody, I stand, I stand on principles almost to my own detriment. You know, like I have rules at, at stage door. Anybody who's come to first date, like I only take pictures and sign plate bills for people who actually came to the show. If you find me anywhere else in New York and you stop me, I'll sign something for you. I'll take a picture, but I have to have certain rules in place because people like jump the line or they'll come in or whatever. And it's like, and I'm spending time with those people then. And I, I've had people walk off calling me all, all sorts of manner of names because they think I'm a jerk because I won't just drop everything to take a picture with them right then. I'm like, you know, that's, I'm sad for you. I'm sad for you that you don't know me better or even take the time to know me better. You know what I mean? Anyway, I say that only to the point of like, I'm not afraid to offend somebody to stand for something that I believe in, I suppose. And I think I wish more politics, politicians would do that. But sure, I really am excellent. Um, <laughs> Uh, but as far as the bucket list stuff, um, ch keep changing the world, keep making the world a better place, however I can do that, uh, through business and through philanthropy and hopefully you know, a combination of the two. Uh, keep empowering people, um, giving you guys the entertainment and art that you so want and, and cutting out all the nonsense and the middlemen that think they know what you want but don't really know what you want. Um, and uh, go to space, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Uh, unless it's a gravity situation that no, holy crap, that was, that was an amazing intense movie. Um, uh, yeah, I'd like to, st I would like to star in a comic book movie. I would like to do that. I would like to have a, a meteor role in a, in a comic book movie and just have just badass powers. I don't know, whatever those are, flight, fine, cool, teleportation, being Deadpool would be awesome. Um, somebody might have uh, his name on that already. Um, yeah, I don't know. All that, I guess. Yeah. Do we got time for one more? Even one more? No? Just one more? No? Is it? No? No? No, no we don't. I'm so sorry. We don't know. No more. Sorry. Thanks, guys, for coming. Let's th thank uh, Zach. Thank you guys so much. Applause.